In this episode, we welcome again our very good friend and the Endless Possibilities podcast resident guest, Ms. Michael, to talk about culture and language while living abroad. Hey everyone, welcome back to Endless Possibilities. Before we begin, just a quick backgrounder for our usual listeners, as well as for the new listeners, the three of us actually pursued graduate studies in different countries where language and culture are totally different from our country of origin. So ladies, shall we start introducing language and cultural backgrounds first and then let us describe language and culture of other countries where we studied? Leticia, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, yes, I am from Mozambique, that is a country in the southern east part of Africa. And our actually our national or our official language is Portuguese, but we have over 40 uh, native languages. But um, unfortunately, I only know Portuguese and I did my postgraduate studies, as I said before, in China for masters and then in Japan. So, but in China, my program was in English, so I used English. And in Japan, of course, also my program was in English, so I also used English for um, for my doctor degree. So basically, I speak uh, two, or I can say two and a half languages. I speak English and Portuguese and now a little bit of Japanese. So Leticia, just a quick question. Um, I can't picture out why different language evolved in Mozambique's case, mainly because you guys were not geographically isolated. So is the differences in language related to ethnic groups, for example? Uh, yes. So um, it's exactly what you say. Depending on the ethnic group, you will have different languages. Of course, there is the big family of uh, of language for each region. But then inside this big family, you will have small variations. So that's why it makes uh, so many. Or even in the same region, you have neighboring uh, groups or ethnic groups that do not really share the same type of language. So it's more, it's related to the ethnic groups or the tribes, something like that. Does this mean that, for example, if you meet other people mm. from other mm. ethnic groups, you talk in Portuguese, I guess? It's Portuguese. The official language should be Portuguese because it's very, like, the north and the south and the uh, center and eastern, very, it can be very different type of language. So there's no way people will understand each other. And we speak Portuguese. There were talks about choosing a national, like, native language, but then how can we choose which one <laughs> will be... Yeah, so we end up never choosing. But now there are some, at least primary schools within the country that will, at least in the, yeah, they will teach the children in their native language or they will have class in the native language during primary school and Portuguese. I see. So mm. does this mean that culture-wise, you also have very strong influence from the Portuguese culture or do you have 
mix of both worlds, like the ethnic um, culture and the Portuguese culture. Yes, it's almost, I think it mirrors a little bit the language. We have the common Portuguese cultural background, but connected with also our ethnic groups so or our uh, like cultural, like native cultural background, we will have specific uh yes uh traditions so but the general mozambican tradition is very is very mixed uh the common part will be the portuguese part but then everybody will disband when it comes to their own uh, native group ethnic group i mean hmm. although there are many similarities but for example in the north because we have a big uh influence like a muslim influence so you will see a lot of differences. Also, there are some tribes that are matrilinear. So we have a lot of diversity in Mozambique. Mm. Yeah, that's more or less my background. Michael, do you want to ask anything? Yeah, I better to say hello to everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be, you know, back here. Mm. And then, it's um, our pleasure. One year. Yes, and then, yes. yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's been one year time right yeah but it's cool because it's one year anniversary so yeah it's very fitting yay yes oh that's nice um the the question to leticia's background is pretty interesting mm. because i'm from japan so like uh, we have a monoculture right. and pretty much everybody speaks japanese mm-hmm. and what do you feel like you know how do you understand you know they understand portuguese you know, they do understand Portuguese, everybody. Maybe, you know, if they are coming mm. from a little tribe, you know, they do they under, do they have a chance to learn a Portuguese in the same way as you do? Oh, because it's kind of like, at least our in our education system, primary school is the, as mandatory. So as long as you go to okay. at least primary school, you will learn Portuguese. But you are actually very correct because Mozambique still has many people who do not a- attend formal education. So you will find people that either speak kind of broken Portuguese, mm-hmm. but they are very fluent in their okay. native language. So, and if, for example, I meet those the, those kind of Mozambicans, maybe we will have kind of a hard time communicating. But for sure they will be okay. more understanding of what I'm saying because I speak the official language and they kind of have to know mm-hmm. Portuguese, but I cannot understand them because I was not, for example, it was not mandatory for me to learn uh, a native language. And I think I mentioned in, uh, uh, in the early episodes that uh, I my parents are from different ethnic groups so of course it's not an excuse but they did not they would not that that's an example they would not be able to communicate with each other in their own languages so they never communicated in their own language just portuguese so we only learn portuguese in my household in my family that's my and this is the case for many uh, young people in the cities uh but also a little bit related <laughs> to uh because we were colonized by portuguese and most of the opportunities it it was regarded as a better thing for your family to learn portuguese and you will even be shamed if you start uh, learning or talk 
in your native language. So in many families, it was uh, promoted the use of Portuguese and shamed the use of the na of mm. their native. So the language was a bit lost for the younger oh. generation in some families. That's a bit sad. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, that's one of my it? big. Uh, I will not say regrets mm. because some. Some uh, one part is my fault and other part is not. But uh, I but I, I forgot the the right word. But it's something that I wish I at least knew one native. I find the case of Mozambique quite interesting because um, despite it being one a one big country, it has so mm. many cultures, which is very contrary to Japan's case, which mm. has many islands, but it has only one culture, and we call it a monoculture. Monoculture. Yes, and so now that we are at it, yeah. um, Michael, do you want to talk about Japan and its monoculture? Yes, um, I was uh, I was born and raised in Osaka, and then the Japan, as uh, as I mentioned, is a monoculture, and everybody speaks Japanese. Of course, we do have a dialect. You know, when you go to like northern part of Japan and the southern part of Japan, they do have a different accent and some of the vocabulary that we cannot understand. But we do have a like standard, standards, standard Japanese, which everybody understand most of them. And also there is a differences between like older generation and younger generation. The people who's who's from uh, very south of Japan and like they, uh, she's been like ninety years, eighty or ninety years old, and then the, some of the language I totally like over my head. I, I do not understand at all. Their dialect is too strong. So we do have a little bit of like uh, you know different dialect, but overall like ninety nine percent is uh, they do understand Japanese. Um, but in uh, the, since we do have a strong uh, influence from U.S., we start learning English in school. Like uh, in my age at junior high school, which is around eleven years old, you start. It's a um requirement to uh, taking an English class. So some of them do understand uh, um, English grammar, vocabulary, and they could read. But we didn't have any good like speech class, like English speech class. So and also we do not. We are kind of like shy to speak up as usual. So most of the people, they maybe understand English, but they don't want to show. They don't, they don't speak English. But in my case, I, start, I was interested about uh, learning English. So I, I enjoyed very much. And then um, I went to uh, undergrad in US and then stayed there for about five years. Because I, after I graduate bachelor's, I had a one year um, work in the U.S. So I, I had about five years of experience, living experience in the U.S. And after I came back to Japan, I went to master and a Ph.D. in a Japanese university. Um, and then also... Uh, during my PhD, I went to UK for one semester, which is six months. So I do have experience in US and UK for academics. So Michael, just a quick um, clarification. When you went to US, 
So you were still a teenager at that time, right? Yes. Yes. So I was still like a high mm, schooler. 19, 20? Mm. I think Isn't so. It? And then I go, like, it was my first time to get a passport right. and then leaving right. Japan. And then, like, leaving my family too、mm-hmm. by myself. So it was a huge step.、Mm-hmm. And then I got, you know, new adventure for me. And I still remember the first, very first time I landed in、oh. the US. And then, when you get out the custom, you know, go through the custom and get out the gate. Yeah. And there is like a huge tall guy with cave, have a, like my name on. Uh huh. You know, the pra-、uh, pra- uh, uh, card? Name plaque. Say my name? Yeah. Yeah, name plaque, yeah. And that guy was so spooky. He's like a Dracula. You know, has a long, ma- like a cape. 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 Cape, yeah, long cape. Cape. And then, like, I thought, oh my gosh. Do- Is he going to take me somewhere? You know? <laughs> That scared the、mm-hmm. hell out of me. Like, like I said,、uh, mm-hmm. but I have to talk to him because he's the one to take me to the right place.、Mm-hmm. You were so young. And I said, Hello. <laughs> And he looked down because he's t- so tall. <laughs> And he said, Are you Michael? <laughs> And I said, Yes. And、you really like, remember、me. everything. It's so remarkable. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like a、uh, matrix. He just said a word. He didn't say a sentence. <laughs> Where to? Yeah. But, yeah. but after that, he got a limousine.、Oh, he, I、wow. was, he, it's a long, long,、um, you know, the long body. The、nice. like、car is long body.、So、And then, like,、uh, you know, I, I was shocked, but I felt、oh. so、uh, elegant, you know, celebrity. And he made me feel better. So we started chatting and find out、Aww. he's a, such a nice guy. So we, we really had a good、uh, chat. So that was a nice、mm-hmm. way to start. That's always、mm-hmm. right. And, and I think that's uh,、um, uh, university, uh, uh, university provided、mm-hmm. to pick me up. At least they arranged、yeah. for you. Oh, I have a small follow up question. It's similar with what、uh, Isa asked me about Mozambique. So... How the, is there any cultural difference between the, the, the dialects? Like you mentioned that there is some regions with dialects. So, how about the cultural differences? You mean in Japan?、Uh, inside、US. Japan. Because, yeah.、Mm. Inside of Japan. Yeah. I think it's、uh, based on my experience. I have lived in several cities in Japan. And then the main part is Osaka, where I,、mm. li- uh, where I born. And I also lived in Tokyo, which is the biggest、uh, city, mega city in Japan.、Mm. Uh, the Osaka, which is west.、Uh, um, mm. the west biggest city. And then the,、uh, Tokyo is east biggest city. And when you compare with the cultural background between these two cities, there is a Quite interesting, like uh, uh, differences for money, how to deal with money. Oh, in what way? Like、uh, Osaka is like more like a business, business、mm. um, town. Yeah. There's like、uh, started、mm. as a huge business, and then most of the people is a business 
mom, mm-hmm. business mom. So when they have、um, bargains, like discount,、mm-hmm. and if you got a good quality、mm-hmm. of something、mm-hmm. in a good deal,、mm-hmm. they proud of themselves. <laughs> you understand? So they're gonna say,、mm-hmm. This is, looks gorgeous, but it was what I got is a cheap price,、mm-hmm. and they're proud of themselves. <laughs> but Tokyo is totally opposite. They do not want to say they want to get at a cheap price. Like they, they never say this right, right. They always say, like, additional cost, it was really expensive. <laughs> Interesting. You know, it's just, like one, it's just like one little tiny thing, s but it's, it's kind of like r e p r e s e n t for me personally. It's kind of r e p r e s e n t Osaka、yeah. and Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, like, I gotta be careful when I'm living in Tokyo. I, you know, how. How I proud of myself is not the way how I proud myself in Osaka. Yes, yes. That's so interesting. Having lived in Osaka for almost five years and just barely visited Tokyo, I was not able to witness such kind of、right. um, interaction. But you too, you too, been to Tokyo, did you? Yeah, but for short visits. Yeah, but yeah, I think、uh, Tokyo people、right. are very fancy. They really like the fancy life. Right, Leticia, you lived、yeah. in Tokyo. It's kind of what Michael is saying, basically. I can see that, especially comparing with can you see? my life、oh, in Osaka, because、uh, I had experience, for example, with my host mother. And then we were, when we were together shopping, always looking for sales, and it was so <laughs> like a nice rush. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then in Tokyo, everybody's really like very fancy, posh, carrying the like very expensive bags, like、uh, yeah, with the、um, eye fashion,、mm-hmm. yeah, brand, brand stuff. So, luxury bags, yeah, luxury. So, it's kind of like a different attitude how they're gonna behave themselves in, in Japan and in Osaka and in Tokyo. And then, you know, some people are more comfortable living in Tokyo other than Osaka because they, their lifestyle is suit. Like, you know, it's more、um, uh, suit for them. You know, they want to be as luxury as possible. But it, it's sometimes、yeah. stressful. Living in Tokyo is、uh, pretty stressful. And then it doesn't really relax as、uh, mm. Osaka. Mm, That's.、Right. My,、um, that's my impression.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend, I had a friend in,、uh, from Kyoto.、Um, and then it, it's always kind of like difficult to understand her because she doesn't really say what really meant. You know, the, she's going to say, wow, that, you know, let's say we went to a cafe or something and there is some cake or some food and we are having it. And then she said, this is nice. And I think this is nice. But in her case, it's、oh. not that nice. You know, she doesn't really say what she m e a n to, 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 you know, the,、oh. to, to be honest. And it's, it's kind of like、uh, um, tricky to, to understand what, what they、uh, mean. I think that she, she said she doesn't, mean, she doesn't want to be rude. So that's why she tried to be、uh, nice. Mm, polite, something like that. Right. 
you know, I just remembered um, a friend told me, I'm not sure which part of Japan is it, um, but he said that there's one area in Japan where um, if you visit that Japanese person's house, they will say something that will signal that you should leave. Mm. And I think it mm. was when the Japanese will say, I mean, the Japanese owner of the house will say, do you want to have um, a dinner or breakfast or lunch, like a meal together? And that would be the cue that it's time for you to leave. Ah. So I'm not really sure where was it um i think it was okinawa but i'm not really sure it sounds like a kyoto though <laughs> sorry uh, sorry i don't mean to you know insult kyoto i, I love kyoto I, I don't don't get me wrong but uh, the kyoto is sounds mm. like a kyoto <laughs> well there is a certain like uh, um uh, food when they start giving you a certain food, that's the time you Ooh. say, well, I better go. Oh, maybe it's Kyoto. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of like mana to them. So when you have a, let's say, like when you have a porridge at mm. the end of the meal, uh. or, uh, you know, uh, and then they're going to, that's the time to say, you know, uh. you better to leave now. This brings me back memories of when I worked as a part-time um, English moderator in an English cafe. And I think I mentioned to you guys that I meet a lot of people there. Um, they're mostly working in Osaka, but many of them um, actually were um, born in other areas of Japan. And each time, in most of our topics, it never fails. They... People from Tokyo always say that, oh, the Osaka people are like this and like this. And then Osaka people will say, Tokyo people are like this and like that. So mm -hmm. there's a tendency, I feel, in my opinion, that in Japan, um, people tend to compare between each other. Um, there's like a kind of mm -hmm. originalism, despite being the entire country having a kind of monoculture. And even Kyoto, Kyoto is within Kansai, but still, Osaka people say that, oh, Ka Kyoto people are like this, Kibishi, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I agree, Aiza. Like, uh, maybe because of the monoculture, it is easy to see that the specific little mm. point. Exactly. For mm -hmm. the each region. That's correct. Mm. Yeah, if you have a you know totally different tribes and a language, it is so easy to see the differences. So you don't yeah. need to talk about it. <laughs> you just state your. But where if we have a yeah exactly if you have a like normal like same language and same culture, it is so easy to pick some of something little, you know, so different from each other. So how about your case, Isa? How is the 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 Philippine side? Mine is a bit complicated. Um, first and foremost, I want to start by saying that the Philippines has more than 7,000 islands. And because we are geographically separated from each other, we also developed a lot of mm -hmm. languages. Mm -hmm. So we have about 20, I think more than even, and many more dialects, but the official language languages are English and Filipino. So, as these are the official languages, I learn and speak these languages too. However, being born and raised 
on the island of Cebu, my native tongue is really Cebuano. So anyway, long story short, with respect to my country of origin, I speak three languages, English, Filipino, and Cebuano. And then when I moved to Korea for my master's, I studied in an academic environment where Korean is mainly used. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I went to Japan for my PhD and I had to learn intensive Japanese, but I am in no way close to being a fluent Japanese speaker. And in terms of culture, I grew up in a more or less traditional Philippine culture, but it is heavily influenced by Spanish culture because it, um, I think you guys are aware that we were colonized for a very long time by Spain. Yeah. And so anyway, um, I also got used to Korean culture. And of course, um, having lived in Japan for five years, I also have a background on the Japanese culture. I have a question. So you said that you learned Filipino. So it's like a, 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 a subject. So like grammar, vocabulary, you have examinations. Exactly. So Filipino yes. is one subject in the entire curriculum and English is another subject in the curriculum. So... We have a lot of, although we have different teachers, we have a lot of activities in the Filipino subject and English subject that kind of mimic each other. So one example would be when we return from New Year and we write a New Year's resolution. So our English teacher will ask us to write an essay about that resolution in English and then when the Filipino <laughs> subject comes, then we write the <laughs> Filipino equivalent. So you you mentioned about so you're gonna you speak several languages, English and Filipino and Cebuano? Cebuano. Cebuano. So what what would be uh, the uh, the main communication languages in your family? Oh, we speak the mother tongue, which is Cebuano. Cebuano. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. So in school, the main medium of communication is English, except when the subject mm -hmm. is in Filipino. So our teacher oh, and okay. us will have to use Filipino. But otherwise, in our everyday lives, talking to friends, to family, at home, we speak mm -hmm. Cebuano. And that is also the case for other islands in the Philippines. So they speak their native language, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, when they are at home. So, wow. it, people in other... How did you... Do you know how did you end up choosing the Filipino language and not, for example, why you're not, why the Philippines does not speak Cebuano then? How did you choose? My God, I'm so weak in history, but I could only guess because the people in Luzon area where the Manila is, or at least Metro Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines, um, they are using Filipino. And also that's where the majority of the population are. So I think that's because of that. So in general terms, it's like Filipino is the dialect that be, that was chosen to be the national language. I is think the dialect so. that is mostly spoken and then... Ah, yes, I, I think see. it's the dialect way back in the oh. old, old, old days. And I have a, a, another question. So is it is it the same 
Filipino and Tagalog, what's the difference? Ah, this is tricky because there's also actually an ethnic group in the Philippines that is called Tagalog. So the word Tagalog could mean both either the ethnic group or the Tagalog language, which is also Filipino. And hmm. so in the formal okay. setting, we use the word Filipino to mean as the official language, but it's also called Tagalog. But when we are with co-Filipinos, because we are aware that when we speak of the word Tagalog, we know that we mean the language, then we understand each other. Um, and so we use the word Tagalog often when we actually want to refer that to the Filipino language. So I'm not sure if that made sense. It's quite confusing. Okay, my question, I, I, I had this question because when I was around you and your friends, mm. you always say, okay, stop <laughs> speaking Tagalog, well, let's, speak, right. let's, let's speak Tagalog. So you refer to speaking in your, in your language in like Tagalog, but now you're saying yes. that it's Filipino. So I just wanted to understand why yeah. when you're amongst friends, you say that why you're speaking Tagalog or something like that. Exactly. So just to clear things, Tagalog and Filipino are just the same language, but then Tagalog could be mm. also, could also mean the ethnic group. So what about the cultural wise? Like is like is it like differences between them? Like who speaks like Filipino more or like Cebuano or like who speaks English more? Do they like like geologically different culture? The culture is based on the geology. Yeah. Um culture wise, um we have very strong um, Spanish culture, mainly because we've been colonized for so long, um, more than 300 years. Um, and so we have bits and pieces of Spanish culture in our okay. everyday lives until now. Um, and then because we are, as you mentioned, um, geographically isolated, um, each island also have uh, a little bit of differences between um, some practices. So for example, different marriage um, rituals, different forms of dance, different forms of um, music across many islands in the Philippines. Well, have you, have you, have you ever experienced like I did? I was shocked by some of the like people from different uh, cities. Do, have you ever like experienced you had a cultural shock within your country? Uh, in my case, I haven't really experienced um, like a kind of a culture shock if I meet people from other islands um, but however mm -hmm. what will strike more would be the language mainly because um, we have this image at least in in Cebu that we are sometimes ridiculed of how we pronounce the Filipino language so sometimes um, we get uh, oh. feedback from people living in Luzon that our Tagalog or Filipino is a bit stiff, kind of like that. So every time I speak yeah, um, my, my, my Filipino, I, I'm always conscious if I'm speaking the correct grammar, correct pronunciation. And this experience is not just unique to me. It's happened to a lot of Cebuanos. And that's why you will often meet um, Cebuanos who would prefer to speak English rather than speaking in Tagalog. So that means like the standard Philippine, Filipino standardized in Manila. Right, right. The standard. Right. Accent. 
both accent and vocabulary, I guess. Okay. So the, is that do they also feel some insecurity when they go to Cebu? People oh, from Manila? but they can't speak Cebuano unless they've studied or they grew up in a Cebuano household in in Luzon, for example. So a typical person from Luzon or Manila area cannot speak Cebuano. So yeah, there's a big but though. If you're coming from Luzon and you come here in Cebu and you cannot speak Cebuano, Cebuano people will not talk um, or will not speak Filipino for you. The mindset is kind of, if you're here in Cebu, then you should learn to speak Cebuano. We, will, we won't adjust for you. Something like that. At least that's the common uh, trend. So I just remembered my friend. Um, she was actually um, a colleague in Osaka University. And she was born and raised in Manila. And she moved to Cebu I think about two years ago for work. Um, and then she told me that when she arrived in the office, her office mate were like, oh, we won't talk to you because you can't speak Cebuanos. Oh it's very common God. to hear here in Cebu oh. people saying like, oh, let's stop speaking Tagalog. It's too much of a burden, something like that. <laughs> it's like Imperial Manila meets <laughs> island people. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. So I guess we also have like a sort of reg regionalism here. Just like what Michael said about Osaka um, and versus Tokyo versus Kyoto and other areas in Japan. Yeah, like rivalry. Or yeah, like pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> this marks the end of the first part of this episode. In the coming weeks, please return to the final part of the culture and language episode featuring Michael. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again on the next episode of The Endless Possibilities. <laughs>